I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to First Formation, a spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 8. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Your greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Nahum chapter 2, verses 3 through 13. The shields of his warriors are red, his soldiers are clothed in crimson. The metal on the chariots flashes on the day when he musters them. The chargers prance. The chariots race madly through the streets. They rush to and fro through the squares. Their appearance is like torches. They dart like lightning. He calls his officers. They stumble as they come forward. They hasten to the wall and the mantelet is set up. The river gates are opened. The palace trembles. It is decreed that the city be exiled, its slave women led away, moaning like doves and beating their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose waters run away. Halt, halt, but no one turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end of treasure, an abundance of every precious thing. Devastation, desolation, and destruction. Hearts faint and knees tremble, all loins quake, all faces grow pale. What became of the lion's den, the cave of the young lions where the lion goes, and the lion's cubs with no one to disturb them? The lion has torn enough for his whelps and strangled prey for his lionesses. He has filled his caves with prey and his dens dens with torn flesh. See, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will burn your chariots in smoke, and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and and the voice of your messengers shall be heard no more. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5 through 10. Examine yourselves to see whether you are living in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that that we have not failed. But we pray to God that you may not do anything wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we rejoice when we are weak and you are strong. This is what we pray for, that you may become perfect. 
So I write these things while I am away from you, so that when I come I may not have to be severe in using the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. Good morning and welcome to the 16th Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Itemsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 145, Nahum 2, and 2 Corinthians 13. Uh, and the Nahum reading is uh, pretty stark. Um, there's clearly been some war and strife. Uh, shields are red and soldiers are clothed in blood. Um, and it appears, after this kind of like narrative very dramatic narrative, devastation, desolation, destruction, uh, we find in verse 13, uh, you exit the narrative and it returns to this address um, where we find that God has turned against um, the people, um, that it's God who's doing these things, that making, that who is making all loins quake and all faces grow pale. And as I said, I think yesterday, um, we don't like to read this stuff. I know a lot of Christians um, just kind of skip it over, or they don't pay as much attention to this kind of stuff as they do, you know, what I call the puppies and sunshine, you know, the blesseds, but not the curses. Um, and by failing to look at some of these things with a, I won't say critical, but like a, a self-reflective um, hermeneutic perspective or interpretation, um, we're not really getting the full Bible. Uh, there's this heretic back in the early church called Marcion. And Marcion, um, I can't remember if he was a bishop or not, but Marcion essentially didn't like what he read in the Old Testament. He didn't like the violence. He didn't like whatever God he thought that was clearly different from the Son. And so he rewrote the Bible. And the, Marcion was the first person to keep a list of the books that were like allowed in the Bible for Jewish Christians and Christians. And um, this is one of the early um, ideological breaks with Judaism is when Marcion said, okay, we don't like this violent old God of the Hebrew scriptures. We have this new God, Jesus, who's, you know, puppies and sunshine. Um, and when the the church came out of hiding in the fourth century and they created their own list, it was directly uh, you know kind of a reaction to Marcion and his popularity um, and they, they deemed Marcion a heretic um, but that uh, that should remind us that the the whole church, the universal church, not just you know us and our little four walls um, does not accept that the idea that we can cut pieces out of the Bible that we don't like. Now we can just ignore them, um, or we can take a highlighter and only read the stuff that that we've decided are, are you know meaningful to us. But that's a, that creates a kind of atrophy. Um, we fail to recall that God, loving us, doesn't deal with us as though we don't exist. He doesn't just give us a participation trophy and pat us on the back, he also gets pissed. Um, God um, 
has um, and has passed on to us emotions and, and feelings about things. Um, and God, as we do, often act on those feelings and experiences. Um, and when, when we violate our relationship with God, God gets upset. Um, and in the Nahum reading, we see what happens when Israel, when the people of God, um, fails to live up to their end of the bargain. Um, God, being perfect, isn't capable of not living up to God's side of the bargain. But human beings, born with the capacity both for good and for evil, um, are capable of failing um, in their in, to live up what they say they will do. Um, <clears throat> and if we need a reminder of this, the Second Corinthians reading uh, provides it, and it's at the very end, the last sentence. Uh, and Paul is essentially saying, um, you know, there's something wrong, and he asks them, "Do you, don't you realize that Jesus Christ is within you?" Um, and he, he reminds them that, look, we're doing this for your good. It may not appear that way all the time. Um, but I'm doing this or we're doing this. He uses we for like him and Timothy and Barnabas. And anyway, um, we're doing this not so that, you know, you feel good, but that you do good. Even if we fail or if it looks like we've failed, we have succeeded if you do the right thing, that you not do anything wrong. Um, just as God doesn't do things just so that we feel a certain way, God does things so that we do the right thing, not just appear to be the right people, but that we actually are good. In this last verse, Paul kind of gives us this insight into the Nahum reading. Um, when I come, I may not have to be so severe in using the authority that I've been given for building up and not for tearing down. And there are other passages in the Bible that remind us that God disciplines us like he like God discipline, like a parent disciplines a child that they love, um, and there's two different ways for um, uh, teaching, instructing, and forming people. There's building up, and there's tearing down. And tearing down, you know, in the military, we know that's boot camp. Take away all this extra fluff, get rid of all of it. All these things that you think are so important, these individualistic little, you know, nuances, get rid of them. You're all going to look the same. You're all going to sound the same. You're all going to smell the same. And then once everybody's at a baseline, once everybody knows that no one's better than someone else, then we're going to start to build you up. Then we're going to start giving you bounty points and merit badges. Um, and so in the military, we know this. We know that you can't just um, uh, uh, lead as though everything's um, groovy and happy and we all have rose colored glasses on. That's simply not the case. So it's, it's dishonest, but it's also dangerous to live as though the only thing that matters is the good by denying or ignoring um, or avoiding things that are distasteful or difficult uh, or um, angering. We're only doing harm to ourselves. Um, and I think when people do that, when they expect that everything's supposed to be cool and awesome and puppies and sunshine, then that, that parent, that loved one, who knows that sometimes they have to discipline, 
the person who is unaccustomed to or averse to discipline shrugs off the parent. They're doing them a disservice. Um, and so, like Marcion, he was unable to take the good and the bad alike, or the, the painful and the pleasurable alike. He only wanted the good. He only wanted the thing that he thought, really, quite frankly, the th he only wanted what he felt made him feel good. He only wanted to feel good. He didn't want to feel human. He didn't want to feel good. As in like the deeper sense, he wanted to feel happy. He wanted to look at the Bible and for it to align with his own understanding of what God is. And God is puppies and sunshine. This stuff in Joshua and Judges, we don't like that. We'll get rid of it. The problem with that is that when you get rid of that, you don't have God. You have an idol. Um, just like, and, and that's why I know I've said this a lot. In the military, we seem, on average, in general, um, to have a more realistic um, understanding of the world around us and people around us. Um, and I, I thank God for my military service for providing me, um, and I was young when I joined, so it's, it's hard to tell whether or not I got it from the military, maybe I'm just kind of that way. Um, but I do think that the military imparted in, with me a, a certain appreciation, not just for things that I like or that make me feel good or that I, I want, but the things that I don't really want, the things that cause me some amount of pain or difficulty. Um, I, my sense is that um, soldiers and veterans have a, and their family members have a greater appreciation for the fact that sacrifice makes things much much sweeter, I suppose. Um, when you've never had to give anything up, when you've never had to feel bad in order to feel better, um, feeling good doesn't really mean nearly as much. A prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit lift us, we pray, to your presence where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>